freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about... Just Mike. Gonna, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's, like, the buff dudes at? Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Stretchy. No Salky. Salky out this week. He's getting ready. He's getting ready for the stretch run. He's getting ready for the baseball world descending upon Seattle and the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Trading camp right around the corner. Stretchy, that wasn't as much fun. So Matt Stretch Johnson in this morning, in tomorrow as well. It was a lot more fun in that four-game winning streak. Not going to lie to you. That wasn't, as, that wasn't as much fun to sit for two hours and watch last night. No, Moore and I were talking about, I think it was a sloppiness that just, I sat there, I felt like my father who just lived and died 162, he watched every single Mariner game, and Brock, it was just, you know, you don't see an all-star center fielder drop a ball, you don't see a right fielder misplay, I just thought Hernandez and Wright, when he's coming in, that, that's not a ball you come in come in for I didn't think with my you know two years of uh, sophomore and junior experience that I was so bad at baseball I just stuck to soccer I, I just thought it was so sloppy I think that's why I sent the text that it was just such a bummer yeah it was such a bummer of course you're not going to score little six. Tommy gave you little Tommy gave that's you everything he could exactly right he should have gone five he was pulled because of circumstance and mm-hmm. and it was just the and, and Dave Valley made a great point. You know, the other guys get paid too. Cobb play, Cobb pitch well, and I don't care. I don't care. The fifth starter comes out and gives you that. You just needed two runs because yep. you should have held the Giants to one, and you win this tight. That's the tight games you got to win. Two one three two. I I thought it was going to be three two. Yeah, it was a bummer. It was a bummer. I know you can't win them all, but why why can't you win last night? It is positive. They've won four of six over the Rays and the Giants. That is the positive. The, the negative is I was doing some math. You good at math? Were you ever good at math in no, school? No, and not on the air. That is actually a rule. You don't do it on the air. So I only do math by myself in a dark uh-huh. room. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, math. no, you don't do any of that. No, math. the calculator is helpful. Okay. How, how high a math did you get back in the day? Oh, really, 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 really? <laughs> yeah. God, it's warm here. You, you should see the summer. We are having the summer. It's almost too warm, Brock. Yes. Let, well, I was, doing, I was doing some math last night. So you want to pull out? You got your paper and pencil right there? I do. Um, and a calculator. Okay. And a calculator. Mm-hmm. So right now, if my math is correct, the Mariners are 42 and 43. They dug themselves out of that four-game bottom under 500, winning four in a row, season high. They find themselves at 42 and 43. With the American League this year, as good as it is, as deep as it is in your own division, in the certainly the American League East, I think 90 wins, which has been the number you've gotten to the last couple of years, I think 90 is the minimum. Uh, you're going to have to get to 90, I think, to get into the playoffs this year. So you're 42 and 43. So do the math for me. Would you, would you mind? Go 90 minus 42. If you're going to get to 90 wins, I think that's 48, correct? 90 minus 42 is 48. 48. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we get to 90 wins, that means you only have 70 losses, so 162. Funny, I did that. So go 70 minus 43 right now. 70 minus 43 right now. Mm It's 27. Yeah. So the challenge with last night and the challenge with the national series and the challenge with getting swept in Texas and the challenge with losing so many of these one run games, these extra inning games that you won last year, 
to now get yourself to 90 wins, you're going to have to, over the final stretch of this season, yes. starting with four in Houston tonight, go 48 and 27. So when Ryan Divish says the math starts to get a little more difficult, when Jeff Passon yesterday talked about the teams you've got to jump and, and the difficulties in doing so, I hate to pull math out and numbers on you, but you just do that for a team that's been 42 and 43 all year. And if there's been one thing you have said over these three days, most consistently, Stretch, that is, this is a 500 team. It's maddening, but this is a 500 team. This is who they are right now. And to think that this team that's been this over the course of 90 games, close to it, is somehow going to put together a 48-27? and 27? No chance. <laughs> no chance. And, and I do this in my life about obstacles. And I don't want to say manipulate myself because I know the truth, right? I know the truth. I know I can't be in three places at one time. I'm going to do two places at one time. I know I can do it. I can be here and there. I know I can do it. And the truth is, no, let's prioritize. I, I tell you, I wanted to argue with Jeff Passan yesterday so bad, and I manipulated myself last night. No, they can. one of these teams will falter. You play Houston ten times the rest of the season. Okay, it's in your hands. Okay, hold on one second. Hold on. This is what you wanted to argue with, though. Cut number eight. Go ahead, Barnsley. This is what you, for context, for those that didn't hear Passon yesterday, this is what Passon had to say about this chase to a playoff spot. They have to jump over the Orioles, not happening. The Astros, not happening. Mm -hmm. And the Yankees, which is not going to be an easy thing to do. And then beyond that, the Blue Jays are... Uh, six, you know, six games in the sand. So three games ahead of them. The Angels still ahead of them. The Red Sox still ahead of them. Between the Yankees and the Blue Jays, that is a formidable duo. And the only thing that you can hope for is that the American League East is going to beat the crap out of itself and that maybe the Mariners can back their way in. But it's not like the AL West is bad. I mean, the they're in fourth place in the AL West right now. It's a good division. So is that what you wanted to argue? Where did you want I to did. argue? Well, I, when, wanted when to, went, mm. I wanted to argue that it's still in your hands because you play 20 games against the horrible Central, right? You yep. have 13 games against the Angels and the A's. Angels, I believe, are going to take a nosedive. Yep. You do play Houston 10 times this year. So if you're going to say you're a playoff team, if you're going to say that you deserve and your reward is a playoff appearance, you have to beat good teams. You can't mm -hmm. keep beating Oakland, Kansas City, Chicago, and Detroit. You have to beat good teams. And so there's 10 right on the table starting today against Houston. And then you, I did the math last night. And then I did the math, and you're exactly right. You are going to do, all of a sudden, on game 84, 85, 80, you're going to do something and play something you haven't done all year long. And that is, you are going to turn the tables, and you're not mm -hmm. only going to play 500 ball, you're going to play 600, 650 ball the rest of the way. And that generally, the bats aren't going to all of a sudden. Look at, look at what you have in Houston. You have Kirby, Castillo, Wu, and Gilbert. It is set up for you, and then you take the week off and you, you come back home versus Detroit, who stink? 
Yep. Who who stink? It's there, but you've got to go get it. You That's gotta go right. get it. And last night, you know, with runner on second, nobody out. Mm-hmm. Go get it. Just go get a run. Just get mm-hmm. the bunter to third, get the runner to third, butt him over for crying out loud, which we never see this team do, and then hit a sack fly and just get a run on the board. Just get a run on the board. Just manufacture a run. Last night was gonna be a two one one zero type of game. Cobb is excellent. I didn't realize. Do you realize that's his fifth shutout this season? He had one bad outing where he gave up seven earned runs. Outside of that, that guy, Alex Cobb, has been nails. Mm-hmm. And that ball is moving everywhere, and it's windy, and it's a marine layer, and it's a painful night to try to hit. So, you know what? When you get a runner on second, Cabby, just move him over. What? what why, why are you swinging for the fences? What What are you doing? Yeah, put it to what second What are you doing? Base. Come on, yep. tail. Runner's on second. Just put him, put him on third base. Just get him over. Just put a little pressure on them. And they just could not at bat after at bat after at bat. Unfortunately, just couldn't get it done. Um, do you want one more um, staggering number? I, I do. I was thinking. I hope there is one more staggering number before we move. Yeah, let's let's okay. hear it. So I was just kind of peeking at the numbers last night. Baseball's a a, a data driven game, a numbers game. You know, Colton Wong's slugging right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want... Barnes, can I? Can I? Barnes, can I more, do you want to, did you, do you, do you guys want to know what Colton Wong right now is slugging? He's I, slugging two thirty eight. I actually don't. I'll take the unders on he's slugging two oh one. So I had my pal Luke Arkins for baseball. It's Luke Arkins for football. It's Mike Sando. Those guys are number crunchers. They are database machines. I said to Luke, Luke. What is the worst Mariner in the history of the franchise slugging? Is there anybody that has slugged 201 for a season? And, you know, he spit back his numbers and got right back to me and said, well, with 170 at-bats to qualify it, that's what Colton's had, 170 at-bats. Not one Mariner in the history of the franchise has slugged 201. And, in fact, in the history of Major League Baseball since 1947, he is now 14th worst in the history of baseball. whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, so. you don't, you don't, you know, I learned this in my last life. You don't want to talk about guys losing their jobs, but really nope. th- this maybe the time a, is about yeah, come. 170 at bats. And, and most of those guys in that area, we're about 160, 180, maybe 200 at bats. You just can't keep doing that. You can't have that in your lineup, especially against good teams. And that starts once again tonight in Houston for a set of four. I'll give you much better numbers. Those are kind of depressing. Over the course of the show, I'll give you much better numbers. Stretchy will help me to do so uh, because this is the Brock and Salk show. And the All-Star game in the baseball world is coming to our home. And this is your home for All-Star Week. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, here's what you need to know. That four-game winning streak came to a halt last night in the Bay Area, unfortunately. I'll be honest with you, Stretch. I was looking at that stadium, and I know that they've got these park factors and every measurement imaginable, so the, the data doesn't lie, that, that T-Mobile is the hardest place to hit. That park on the water on a windy day, cold day, marine layer day, that just looks like no fun. And huge outfield, right? As guys run just about anything and everything down. So it was going to be a tough night for offense. Uh, tip of the cap to Tommy Malone. He went four and a third. Really should have gone five if it were not for an error by Julio. He's going to give you five innings. The bullpen was absolute nails. They did not give up a run. But unfortunately, Alex Cobb, that Giants pitcher, was better. 
That dude is nasty. That guy's got a two-seamer that cuts, that moves both sides of the plate. You can see why last night was his fifth shutout of the season. And if you don't manufacture a run and you don't do the little things and you don't advance a runner from second to third with nobody out, uh, you're going to have a hard afternoon or, in that case last night, a hard night against that guy. Fifth shutout for him. Mariners could not get anything going offensively. On to Houston as they landed early this morning about 5 a.m. in Houston for a night game tonight. Yeah, felt like he was in complete control. Uh, to your point, nobody on third. And it just There was no pressure. There wasn't pressure. pressure. And compared to the two, day, two days before, yep. the Giants were under pressure all the time. Yep. And last night, Cobb was in control all the time. Yeah, seven strikeouts, no walks. Mariners were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 9. I like that word pressure. It's a word that Scott uses. It's certainly one that Jerry will use with us, I'm sure, in an hour and 10 minutes or so. Got to pressurize that opponent. That's what Houston has done to you, especially in that building. Let's hope the Mariners can turn that around, as you said, with their four guns uh, ablazing there on the mound. Here's the second thing you need to know. What you doing Monday night? Monday night. Monday night, about 5 o'clock. What you oh, doing Monday night? barbecue, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Justin and Moore and I were just talking about Monday night plans. So we didn't want to exclude you, but you're really sure. not around. Sure. And so it... No, we, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to be there Monday. I'm going to oh. be there Tuesday. I'm going to be there Wednesday. Yeah, no. Daisy. No, the whole baseball oh. world's coming. Yeah. And Monday night is the home run derby. I'll you be know, at the park. You know what came out last night? The pairings? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do you think of the pairings? You think it was fair for Julio to get a seven seed against the polar bear? Well, I started thinking, I, I, I was like, no, seven. And then I started looking at the competition and I was like, well, maybe he slots in seven, even yeah. though he did so well last year. But Pete Alonzo, I have a feeling he's going to, he's going to little revenge. You think so? He's a stud. He's he. It's, he's been beat up a little bit. Been beat up a little bit. I didn't realize the amount of moolah these guys make. <laughs> Holy smokes! There's incentive, isn't it? Uh, yes, a million dollars for the winner, half a million for the runner-up, hundred and fifty k for every for the other six, and then a hundred thousand dollar bonus ball for the longest home run. Yeah, yeah. There's That's... a little reason. Yeah, I'll do it. All of a sudden, these hands go up. Yep, me. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of cheese. The defending champ Soto is not in a Garcia, Rosarena, Rutschman, Robert Jr. from Chicago, Mookie Betts, kudos to him, Vlad Jr. And that two versus seven first round matchup, our own Julio against uh, Pete Alonso of the New York Mets. Here's the third thing you need to know. We're going to talk a little football today. There's kind of a who's who's list of available free agents still, especially I know most of them are 30-somethings, but there are still some 20-somethings. So we're going to get to that at 8 o'clock today, a little love him or leave him. Uh, but Burt Breer was on with the Cowherd Show, Colin Cowherd Show, yesterday talking about these 2023 Seattle Seahawks. And here's our buddy Burt Breer. I mean, like, look, like I'll tell you this, J-Mac, like when they got eliminated from the playoffs last year, he stayed in Seattle when all of his teammates left mm. because he wanted to stay there and he wanted to have a season that would last as long as his Super Bowl team season would. So he did strength and conditioning work in Seattle before going back to Florida to go get more of his offseason stuff done. So like, I think Gino's got the right mentality. And if you can get to a place where you think he's going to tread water and be the same guy he was a year ago, they've got a lot of other things going on on that roster where you could, I, I think, make an argument that they could be a real sleeper team in 2023. I don't get it. Why? Oh, I don't get it. If last year was a surprising year, 
and you go nine and eight, how come this year would be the sleeper year? You're not going to improve from nine and eight. And, and if everybody knows the draft and everybody, the last two drafts, last year's guys make another step up and you've got mm-hmm. two, three, two different make difference makers in this year's draft. You're not going 10 wins, 11 wins. I think the sleeper more and I were talking about this in the six o'clock hour. Yeah. I'm confused how the Seahawks are a sleeper. If last year was a sleeper, last year was the surprise, surprise. year. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to win four win four games, right? Five yep. games. And this year's a sleeper year? How about you go eleven and then what happens the year after? I don't get I'm totally confused on that on that whole conversation. That's everything you need to know. Here's uh here I'll help you a little bit. From, oh, I appreciate from, it. From that kind of national perspective. Uh they started six and three. They finished three and six. And it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That is certainly what the old man over there preaches and has preached for 14 years incredibly well. And that three and six gave all of those, Matt, that said, oh, yep, they're going to they're gonna struggle. Going to be struggle bus. No Russell Wilson, no Bobby Wagner, going to turn this thing over. Pete is done. Pete's old. He's outdated. And that three and six gave them fuel the second half of the season to say, yeah, it was a little fluky start, but it got caught up. It caught up with them. And Gino was who Gino is, and he turns it over. And they're you know just a three and six kind of team. So therefore, many of them come into this season not taking totality of last year, but rather the second half of last year and say, well, yeah, they're still really young and I still sleep on Gino and I mm-hmm. still sleep on, on Pete's philosophy. So they've got to prove me wrong once again, which, as you know, being in that building for 12 years is kind of the place they like to be anyway. Oh, my goodness. They love that. In the weeds. They, yes. they love it. Yes. They love it. That's fine. Count them out. And all of a sudden, here you go. And you'll just... You'll be surprised when they win 11 games. Okay, I'm down for 11 games. And I changed my opinion about Gino. He's our guy. He's our guy for this year. And here we go. Well, I'll tell you what. I was a little depressed in my numbers at the start of the show. So I apologize for that. Um, I I did not like that. And and thinking about segment number two here, back to retroactive number one. Yeah. What one real happy about spitting those kind of numbers out. I wasn't real happy watching a lot of this offense for a lot of these games. Ryan Roland Smith, he watches them every single night. He gets to call some pretty good action, by the way, this weekend on this all-star weekend. Really, it's a four-day weekend that starts this weekend with some awesome festivities. He will join us, and we're going to spin it in the positive. Because I'm going to ask Ryan, I'm going to ask Jerry this too. When was the last time in baseball you have seen four guns, 26 and under, a blazing? the way they are in Seattle. And how are they doing it? Well, the former Mariner pitcher will tell us next, right here on the Brock and Salk Show. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. And Seattle Sports, as you know, is the home of the Mariners and your only home for All-Star Week. Stop by our live broadcast from Hatback Bar and Grill Plus. Tune in Monday to hear Julio in that home run derby Tuesday for all the All-Star Game action. Seattle Sports, the exclusive home of All-Star Week right here in Seattle. But before any of that, Stretchy, before any of those festivities, we got all sorts of fun over the weekend. And our pal, the Aussie, the stud, the star, the former Mariners southpaw, Ryan Roland Smith, is going to be on the call of the MLB USA Baseball High School All-American game, Ryan? How about that? Talk to me. Talk to me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited, man. Uh, first of all, I mean, yeah, any chance you get to be around that event during the festivities next week. I'm, I'm doing some other things as well. But besides that, just uh, look, I, mean, I, I love youth baseball. It's the best, man. I, I'm involved in it pretty heavily, trying to get kids into college, uh, you know, college programs and everything else. So to get a chance to do that, I mean, these kids are absolute studs. I've been doing some prep, Brock and, and 
I'm telling you it's right scary, now. Six, right? <laughs> oh my! Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's it's kind of shameful to think that back in the late '90s when I was growing up, you know, to the the version of a 16 to 17 year old that I was, and you know, I somehow got to the big leagues, and you know, everything seemed to work out. But I wouldn't have a chance against some of these kids <laughs> in 2023. I am. It, it's. I, I. We did like a, a meeting yesterday. We went over some of the players, and I just wanted like, you know, I wanted. To, just press exit out of the meeting and be like, yeah, I'm done. I I, I didn't want to, yeah, show up to this. I mean, they're so Because these good. kids are throwing, like, mid-90s, right? I mean, oh, le- uh, dude, legitimately. Dude, kids in triple digits. It's crazy. <laughs> what? There's kids, I'm telling you, the kid who, and they said, oh, hey, tomorrow, one of the kids, um, his name's Zach, Zach Swanson. He's he's a local kid. I'm like, oh, great. And he goes, yeah, he's starting. And I'm, and they're like, oh, you know, local kid, it's good that he's starting. But So I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe because he's a local kid, that's why they're giving him the start. Yeah, you know, just to sort of, yeah. You know, so I look at the baseball around Seattle, around Washington. No, no, this kid's like ninety-seven, ninety-eight, with like this slider from that I didn't even throw when I was in double A. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, it's just different. The times have changed. Put it that way. So, uh, Ryan, I take this the right way. What's your coaching? I mean, this kid's already got. I mean, does, let's get him to the single A, double A. Is it, you, you know, what do you say to him? What is it? More of a Head game, as in, all right. You, here's how you treat your body. Here's, here's if he's that far advanced, is he also taking in the? Here's how you, you know, the right nutrition. I mean, yeah, well, the biggest, the biggest thing now, and and you know, the, the like for example, one kid, and I'm just throwing some names out there. Cam Caminetti. Now, it's he's not he's not related to Ken Caminetti or any of that. But this kid has moved up. He's reclassified. Uh, to be, a, he's supposed to be a 2025. He's reclassified to be a 2024 because he's kind of backing himself here because he wants to go in the draft earlier. Kind of like Bryce Harper did a similar thing, mm-hmm. yeah, back in the day as well. But I think at that stage, and look, at 17, and and to answer your question as far as like you know what, what do you say to him, coaching and stuff like that, I think that um, when the the biggest questions are, and I'm sure you know Brock had to deal with this too in, in football. Is okay. All right, what college program are you going to go to? What's going to you know really sort of you know nurture whatever it is you have, the skill set you have, as well as some of the life skills you have as well. And that sounds crazy. And we're talking about kids who are really really good. But you know, I was talking to Thomas Eager from Stanford, who's the, he's a hitting coach at Stanford. I was talking to him the other day. And he said, you know, some of these kids, because I was, I was rattling off some names. He goes, yeah, I know all these kids. And he said, but let's not forget, 4% of major leaguers play 10 years in the big leagues. 96% of them are going to have jobs when they get done. And, yeah, they're going to make some money. Some of these kids are going to get high in these rounds and make some cash. But we see it all the time. They're 17 years old, and they're absolute studs. They're absolute outliers of players. But, you know, they're just they're baseball first, baseball first. And, again, I'm not trying to be – you know, now that I've got two kids, I mean, you know, times are, times are a little bit different. If it's my son, <clears throat> Lennox, even if you are this good, right, and, and it's great, and it's, and it's you're one of the best players in the country, and, and you're going to go high in the draft next year. These kids are all going to be draft eligible next year. So this high school American game shows off the talent for pretty much all junior age kids and, and a couple of sophomores as well. Um, and they're all committed to these big schools. But, you know, it's it's one of these things that, okay, listen, when you go off for the next four years, how are you going to mature? How are you going to be a 22-year-old and be able to handle getting into, once you do get drafted, out of, once you've had a couple of years of college, and how are we going to get you to graduate while you're, you're taking on some of these minor leagues? Because, man, 
like I said, it, it, regardless of how talented you are, I, I say all this, it, it's tough. It's tough yep. once you get to the big leagues and, and to stick around to make it worthwhile to, to not to get past that two or three years of service time to make it to to make it a real career. It's, it's, he is Ryan Roland Smith, and that's a staggering number, man. Ninety six percent of big leaguers don't get to ten years. Yeah. You get to ten years in the big leagues, you are going to be set with pension and everything else. But ninety six percent never ever get there. That is a a pretty remarkable number. The other remarkable number you talk about these young guns at the high school level and the stuff they have. Ryan, the fact that right now the Mariners have four guns under 26. Logan's the oldest yeah. of those at 26. George, Bryce, Wu. Uh, tell me from your perspective, as overwhelmed and awed as you are by these high schoolers, how about what that quartet is doing at their age, at their stage in the big leagues? Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's exciting. And look, I, I don't want to you know, get stuck on talking about and, and falling back to, oh, hey, if you're a Mariners fan, you should be excited about, you know, the, these young pitches you talked about because I want to focus on this year, obviously, we all do, because the expectations, the bar has completely changed, especially after last year, breaking that drought, that you want, that it should be every single year you should be putting pieces together to get to the big leagues. However, it's rare to have a combination of mid-20s pitching the way you're seeing it. And not only just the stuff. You know, look, you can see stuff everywhere. And, and you know, you bring these prospects up. And, oh, here's Tommy Smith. He throws 100 with a split that drops three feet and blah, 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 and all the metrics that go with it. But when you see kids that actually are polished the way they are, I mean, Brian Wu, we, we all know how he's barely pitched anywhere close to the, the minor league innings and numbers that, you know, some of these other kids, some of these, you know, these 23, 24-year-old kids come up and the, the they just they just don't walk hitters. They have a plan and they have this this calmness about them. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. And, and again, I'm talking about generations here. So back in my generation, it was all about you have to command three pitches, four pitches. Now the... the the, there's so much emphasis on stuff, on just swing and miss. Just gets, just don't don't get weak contact, don't get ground ball. No, no, no. You have to get swing and miss now. So therefore, you see, you know, the art of pitching, pitching inside, for example, setting hitters up, um, being in, in situations where your heart rate goes through the roof with the runner on second, and you can you can you know calm down and just make a pitch. These kids do that in 2023. It's unreal. And you know, the the one honest, I'll be honest with you, the, the one that. Is the outlier there is Logan Gilbert, and because he, he's six foot six, mm-hmm. and I think that <clears throat> the biggest challenge he has is that big frame of his six foot six getting down the mound with that extension is just getting that release point on track. But the rest of these guys, I'm talking Brian Wu, even Bryce Miller, who is trying to figure out how to pitch, um, how to handle the 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 schedule and at the big league level, how to pitch with four days rest in between each start. Um, and he'll figure that out. He just has to get a little bit stronger. I know he's dealing with a blister, but I'm talking about pitch, four days off, 100 pitches, four days off, 90 pitches, you know, with adrenaline. But the command is just astounding. And obviously, you know, George Kirby speaks for itself. But that's the most impressive part, to watch how polished and how just the, the composure, the presence these, these guys have at their age. And as astounding, Ryan Roland Smith here with us, as astounding as that is on the mound and throwing the relievers as well, once again last night, totally fill up the, the stat sheet with nothing but zeros, give this team an opportunity, give this offense again and again and again in so many games this season an opportunity. And yet, sheesh, we've seen a lot of nights like last night, right, where you're just yeah. come away frustrated, where you're not moving runners over, you're not getting the big hit, you're just not executing offensively. 
I said to stretch in the opening segment, Ryan, that uh, right now Colton Wong's got a slugging of 201. Right. 170 at bats. 170 at bats, and he is slugging 201. That is the worst in the history of the franchise. Not one Mariner since 1976 has had that many at bats and slugged 201. Just how many more opportunities can these guys, A.J. Pollock and Colton Wong, and the guys at the bottom of this lineup continue and continue to get at bats? Yeah, and and I agree. And with you know, with, with the offense, I mean, put it this way: for overall, like for, from a team offense, so oh, they've shown signs of it, but there's just that inconsistency. And you talk about how you know that they they put away four games and it was great, and all of a sudden you're showing some life, and that's the longest stretch of consistency. Consistency when you're talking about having an approach yeah. that they've had, because they usually show up for a game, maybe two, and then boom, it's right back to being. The word I've used all year long is being overwhelmed. And I think with – I'll get to Colton Wong and, and A.J. Pollock in one second. But with, with this offense, the, the thing that is startling to me is you talk about you – know, the philosophy is to have, obviously, the, 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 the you know, five, six pitch at bats, uh, those big moments. But when you look at some of these numbers, right – when you look at average with two strikes, they're 27th in baseball. That's 156, right? You look at what they do um, when they're behind an account. They're, they're hitting 188. That's 21st in baseball. Average versus fastballs. That's a much better um, than what it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting 267. Average versus 95 plus. They're 24th. Average versus breaking ball. They're second last. So usually it, you can live with like a you know, average versus breaking ball struggling if they smash fastballs, mm-hmm. right? Or if if they you know average with two strikes, whatever with runners in score, whatever. If there's some balancing act, but there's really not. So that tells me that you know they're just being overwhelmed by plus pitching. Alex Cobb last night, yeah, he was good. But you know what? You still have to handle some of the plus pitching as well, besides some of the average pitching, I, I think. And they've shown signs of it. Glass now the other day, they, they, they handled him. Yep. But then when you look at guys like you know, A.J. Pollock and Colton Wong, I think, first of all, A.J. Pollock has nowhere near the amount of opportunities uh, that he thought he was going to have <clears throat> or that they, kinda, they forecasted uh, he was going to have. But Colton Wong, man, they've really given him a lot of chances. They really are. And I think the big reason for that is because, you know, he, um, the the guy he's up against is still a young player yeah. um, and in Caballero. But I, I think that he's obviously, his playing time obviously is diminished. But then they need to figure something out down the bottom. And, and the, the hard thing walking into this stretch of games coming up, you've got, first of all, you've got the break coming up where they sit around and have meetings. And, man, you want to go into that break as a team. You want to go in with some sort of, some kind of life, some kind of pulse, because they sit around for those couple of days, and everyone's in town. You know, the whole the whole scouting department's in town, and and you know, the, this owner's in town, and and whoever's in town for the All Star festivities. So they sit around, and the conversation can quickly turn to, oh, we've got these young pitchers in their twenties, like we talked about. Let's start sort of pushing towards the next two to five years, as opposed to this year, because we just cannot catch the Texas Rangers, we cannot catch the Houston Astros, or there's just too many uh, teams. In front of us, therefore, you know the, the language starts to change when you start hearing some of the front office people talk to you guys in the morning or whoever it may be, because so that you just want to have some kind of pulse. So they're like, you know what? Yeah, we kind of can go out and give up a couple of minor league players to go get this bat or or, or fill a gap, whatever it may be. But man, you got to prove to 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 that front office that you will that they need to be willing to make a move here because yeah, it. it 
you know, like I said, it's been a tough stretch. They're not going to go out and go crazy as much as the fans want to want them to go crazy and try and stay in it if they just feel like there's just no 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 chance of gaining any ground. Okay, so, you call it a pulse. You call it a pulse. Scott said uh, yesterday after the game they got to go in on a positive note. Final minute here, Ryan. What would be a pulse? What would be a positive note with a four-game set beginning in that place that has just been uh, a real problem for you down in Houston? What do they got to do in this four-game set? Well, okay, I'd say go, go win three or four. That's going to be tough. But let's say you go split the series, but you show the two games that you lose, that you are showing that you got those at-bats, that you you do show that, man, like we're playing really, really good baseball still from the four-game stretch. I think that's enough for a pulse to, to try and go in and, and change the conversation that they're going to have, those hour, those long conversations face-to-face mm-hmm. with the whole front office ownership uh, during the break to, to really sort of look ahead and say, you know what, okay, we can afford to make a move here at the at the trade deadline. Yeah, those tough conversations that you have with your producer and your director as you compare and contrast yourself at 17 with the 17-year-olds you'll be calling in this All-American <laughs> game. Yes. Exactly. little different. Ryan, you're the best, man. Have an absolute great time calling the All-American game. We can all watch that Appreciate and see it. that on the MLB Network over the weekend. Have a great time around all the festivities, and hopefully I'll bump into you either Monday or Tuesday as well at the Derby. And the All-Star game, he is Ryan Roland Smith. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Welcome. There he goes, the uh, the Aussie. Don't you just? I mean, it's it's been years. Ryan's been in the market. He's the hyphen. He had the famous marketing commercial. Don't you still, even after all these years, envy the accent? Oh my gosh, no brainer. You think you'd be married if you had that accent stretch? <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, yeah, no, yeah. Blue eighty eight no. next. Here we go. Blue eighty eight. Let's go. This is Brock and Sox Blue eighty eight. Wow. Blue eighty eight. We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. And you expect me to talk and join in and things? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. That's just a zinger. That's just checking. Yeah, that's right. I should have thicker skin. Yeah, well, no. It's, it's good skin. to know that the, the marriage pressure doesn't stop because no. it's it's been a... Been a, well, Justin, it's, it's a different conversation with a 55-year-old that's never been married. Brock wants to take shots. That's all right. Yes, Brock, I would have been married twice and divorced twice. How's that? How's, does that work for you? I mean, let's just jump in. Hey, I'm so excited about Blue 88. You know, Good. Brock, over Pete and John's tenure, there have been a surprise and breakout player seemingly yep. every year. Every single year, there seems to be a surprise guy. Who could that be this season? That's what I was thinking about last night. Can I give you a few of them over the last five or six years, Stretchy? Last uh, year, if you have to go in the past, sure. I mean, last sure. year it was Tariq Woolen, right? Mm-hmm. He's a fifth rounder, couldn't play corner at UTSA. How could he play in the NFL? And mm-hmm. he should have been or right there with Sauce Gardner's rookie of the year. Before that, Daryl Taylor coming off a significant injury. Pops gives you seven, eight sacks the year before that. David Moore. Remember that name? 38 (laughs) receptions, six touchdowns. How about the year before in 19? This guy named Jacob Hollister with 41 receptions. In 18, a second-year, seventh-round running back, didn't do much his rookie year, named Chris Carson, has 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. Justin Coleman gets traded for nothing. Two interception returns, 40-some tackles in 2017. Every single year, players do emerge. They do pop. I, I want it to be a defender. This team needs it to be a defender. This team needs a Derek Hall to have a rookie year and put together six, seven, eight sacks. That, you know, that's really what this group, or on the interior, you get such a pleasant surprise out of one of your interior pieces that just you think is a role player, and oh my gosh, all of a sudden this guy's a difference maker. 
But I'll say this. If I had to bet some money, and Maura's going to like this because this is about a two-month-old conversation, I think it's D. Eskridge. I think the former second-rounder has has the kind of athleticism, has the kind of clay to mold that if the head can be on straight, if he can stay unhealthy, and if that light of his career is bright in his eyes at the end of the tunnel, Matt, saying, I may be one of those numbers that Ryan said. Right? Ryan said 4% of the guys in Major League Baseball make it to 10 years. That number, as far as uh, making it to even four years in the NFL, incredibly low. And D. Eskridge, if he doesn't find it, if he doesn't put it together, mm-hmm. he's going to be looking at himself of one of those numbers. I like that incentive. I'm keeping an eye closely on D. Eskridge this preseason. Hey, Tyler Lockett often tops lists of most underrated and underappreciated players in the league, but where were his numbers lost in, during his extraordinary year last year? Pro football focus. And I can hammer them when they put together ridiculous lists that don't have Pete Carroll in the top 10 of their coaching staff. But their data is pretty good because it is film-based. It is stats-based. And they've got a stat that they look at, stretching called open target percentage. How many times do you get open? And they gauge that across the league. That's not some arbitrary number, right? It is, okay, it's a yard of separation. Here it is on the film. This is the percentage of times that this receiver finds himself getting open. Number one on that list in the NFL, Tyler Lockett, 67.5% of the time. There were only three other receivers in the entire league above 60% stretch. That means two-thirds of the time that Geno Smith drops back, that guy has created space. He's done it through his releases. He's done it through his bevy of experience. He's done it through his understanding of coverage. And he's done it year after year after year after year. And what a guy for Jackson Smith and Jigba to watch every single day of practice. Uh, that, I think, a big reason why at number, what was it, 20, they took Jackson this year uh, with many other options and many other needs. But a chance for that guy to watch one of the best do it and a skill set that Jackson has, similar to Tyler, he should be able to do the same. That is going to be a dangerous, dangerous receiver room. Final question for you, Brock. Is Gino really a Tier 4 quarterback as Will Brinson from CBS Sports had him ranked? No. Tier 4? Tier 4. Hmm. So to add a little perspective, Tier 1 is the Burrow, Mahomes, I mean, the, the elite elite, right? Josh Allen, I think there were only three there. Tier 2 is, you know, guys that have guys have won some Super Bowls. And Tier 3 uh, is intrigue with question marks. So let me give you Tier 4. Here's who Gino's on Tier 4 with. I was going to say, we get it. What? We get- <laughs> here's, here, who he's, here's who he's on Tier 4 with. Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't hate that. I can't look at that list and go, no, 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 no. He's way, way better. I mean, Derek Carr beat him last year, blow to blow. Tannehill's been deep in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins has put up unbelievable numbers, playoff guy every year. So I I can't hate on that. But here's where Tier 3 bothers me. Tua Tungvaloa? Daniel Jones? Justin Fields? Mm. Deshaun Watson? Really? You, th- those guys you put on a tier above Kirk Cousins and S- S- Dak Prescott? Really? I, I, I think once you get beyond four or five, quite honestly, that jump between six and 20 or, or that next tier of six and 20, you're just, 
your parson with whatever way you want to do it because I don't think that there is a ton that separates those guys when surrounded with the right supporting cast. That is Blue 88. I'm sorry. That was a zinger. Totally. And I, I thought it would be fun and in jest, and it just was, you know. Oh, that's chin. all right. No, no, no. no I, I apologize. No, that's okay. That, just, in, uh, you know, uninformed and yeah. the challenges I faced the last few years and, yes. last, you know, 20 years ago <laughs> and things that you don't know about because I take the high road and that's all right. No, no, no. It's it's. <laughs> It's just good job. There you go. Make me come on. You could. No, you could it's all right. It's just a different class of people. Is is what we're dealing with. Is I know. is I just learned to keep my mouth shut. I've yes. learned that along the way. I was just trying to say something sexy about his accent, and it just went. I went wrong. That's it was, That's it was wrong. okay. But the answer is yes. The answer is yes, and it's a humbling yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. Nobody loves grabbing the steering wheel of their own car and they're turning a hard left than Brock. No one can really do it quite. Well, and he's also a hypocrite because if you whoa. kind of throw you kind of throw him a few things yesterday was whoa 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 what? like like no 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 we're not revisiting anything or we're just it's just I said this no, you can come I at me said with anything. this come yesterday. At me with anything you want. I Go ahead. said this yesterday to somebody and they said wow I'm really sorry how that came across and I said listen I'm a smart aleck, and I used some other words. I said, I have to have thick skin, right? So if I'm going to dish it, I've got to yes. take it, yes. and that, that's the deal. But yes. you know, when you get personal, yep. when you get personal, I live with two cats. I'm a 55-year-old single man with two cats. So when you get personal, it's just a little different. And I, I, I left the radio on for Rodney and Eddie up in Shoreline, and they love it. I come home, and they're sound asleep, but daddy's put them to bed for these three hours, and, and they love it. But if that's where you want to go, it just no. there's separation. Next time Kyle Brown with his khaki pants asks me to come on and say, "Hey, will you fill in?" I'll say, "Is Mike going to be there?" And Brock out. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Rodney and Eddie. Yeah, Rodney no. and Eddie. Yeah, scratchy past. She passed. She made yeah. it 19 years. Nobody's interested. So don't try to pretend like you care about Scratchy now. But Scratchy was a good girl. If she could speak English, I'd probably be in jail. But uh, anyways. I'm going to gird my loins. I'm going to be more apologetic <laughs> even during the break. Okay. And we are going to come back with a love it or leave it. We did this the other day on Monday. We had such a blast. And really this one is love him or leave him. Stretchy's in for Salk. We'll do it next right here on the Brock and Salk Show.